You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's News podcast for Monday, September 19th. Second straight victory Monday for your New York Giants as they're off to a 2-0 start for the first time since 2016. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, share, subscribe to uh, to support uh, to support our show if you're listening on the big blue view uh, radio network subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts uh, we always appreciate your support your support so uh, thank you very very much for uh, for tuning in uh, today we have uh, Tony Del Genio of big blue view here to uh, to help us uh, us chat about this this unexpected 2-0 start for your New York Giants. Tony, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great this morning, Ed. I, I, I see that. I see that little smile on your face this morning, Tony. I, you know, it's a, it, it's a good day to root for the New York Giants. It's been a long time since 2-0 to start the season. You know, it, it 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 may not last. I mean, let's not get carried away. I mean, people are dreaming of of four and zero starts here with the Giants home the next two weeks against the Cowboys and and the Chicago Bears. But uh, first place after two weeks, two and zero start seems like maybe just maybe this really dark period of of Giants football over the last uh, over the last ten years or so. Maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. So, so good day to be a Giants fan. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, there are very few of us out there who don't realize uh, what's actually happening with the Giants that, yeah, they're 2-0, but uh, they're this much away from being 0-2. You know, a couple of things to, that, go, that go wrong instead of right, and they're 0-2 instead of 2-0. But the things did go right for a change, and the Giants have had a recent history when, of, uh, when things can go wrong, they will go wrong. Now, this year so far, things are going right. Absolutely. And I think yeah, that's one of the things that I wrote last night in my post-game reaction, things I think column, is that for the better part of the last decade, we've watched the Giants find creative, ugly, insane ways to lose games, jumping offside on a on a failed field goal at the end of a game, jumping offside to give the Chiefs an extra chance last year, losing games on the last play on on 60 plus yard field goals twice, I think, one to Graham Gano and and one to to Jake Elliott of the Eagles. And and maybe, you know, the the last two weeks don't 
put the Giants in the Super Bowl, but what happens is bad teams find ways to lose football games. Good teams or teams that are at least you know, getting things turned around and, and getting things pointed in the right direction, they find ways to win games when things aren't perfect. And the Giants obviously have been nowhere close to perfect in two weeks, but they've won two games by a total of four points. And uh, every Giants fan should should take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think that uh, it's time that they got some good luck. I mean, I, I predicted this week that they were going to win on a 63-yard field goal by Graham Gano because I thought uh, the Giants owed Carolina that after what happened to them in 2018 when Gano beat us with that field goal. Well, it was a 56-yard field goal. Would have been closer to my prediction of 63 if the Giants hadn't gotten five yards on third down before the kick. But, uh, but you know, I'll take the 56-yard field goal to, to win the game. And, uh, you know, you, you take what you can get. I think everybody realizes that this Giants team is – not your typical two and O team that that it's a it's a team that's just starting, just getting going. What I think everyone is excited about, yes, the two and O record, but but the fact that you're seeing some signs of progress. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think you're starting to see a really good defense emerge, a high quality defense, even though there aren't necessarily that many big names. Absolutely, I have had a hard time. You know, I do the kudos and wet willies the uh, morning after games and there were a couple of standout performers this morning you know in in Sunday's game but but I've had a hard time really pulling out absolute standout performers on defense instead of just just giving a blanket kudos and wet willies to the entire kudos to the entire defense in both of those first two games so yeah, you know, that's an indication of what you're talking about. It's not a lot of big names, but this is a defense that's buying into what Wink Martindale is selling and executing it and and doing the job. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think one of the one of the reasons it's probably hard to identify key players in every game or to even have an appreciation for what the Giants are doing is that Giants under Dable and Kafka and Martindale are what I'm calling you know, the most egalitarian uh, uh, operated team that I think I have ever seen in the NFL. I mean, if you're on the 53 and you're active in the game today, it's a good chance you're going to get into the game and you're not just going to sit there and rot on the bench. And, uh, and so different guys are showing up guys that were left for dead last year, like O'Shane Zimenez, who after that, that offsides, game that that maybe cost us the Kansas City game last year looked like it was the end of his career in New York now all of a sudden he looks like one of the Giants best players on defense uh you have people coming in you know like Dane Belton getting like most of the snaps uh in his first uh game ever uh in the NFL uh you have guys like Tom on Fox playing you have guys like uh DJ Davidson getting some getting some snaps and so on and so forth people like Jihad Ward who 
you know, are, are really kind of ordinary players uh, as far as their history goes, getting a lot of time. And, uh, and somehow it's all getting, getting put together. Somehow they're, they're patching together the CB2 position, uh, play to player, series to series, it seems out, trying to find something that works. Uh, sign Fabian Moreau uh, this week. Sure, put him in the game on Sunday and let him play a significant number of that <laughs> when you're unhappy with what Cordell Flott is doing. <laughs> you know, you know you're, you're, you're getting opportunities. I mean, unless on Sunday your name happened to be Kenny Galladay. Yeah. But, but let's talk about – let's talk a little bit about Brian Dable, first of all. I mean, Dable, you know, you – the way I looked at it with the whole Galladay situation, Kadarius Tony the first week only playing seven snaps. The coaches talk about building a culture. Joe Judge talked about building a culture. Everybody talks about building a culture. Brian Dable has talked about building a culture. And the thing that I'm that, that I'm learning about Dable is that Dable for me, the thing that I'm finding refreshing is that Dable doesn't just talk about it. Dable has been, you know, from, from the beginning, he's been, he's had an aggressive mindset. He, what he says is, is what he means when he says there are competitions at positions, he means that. And the wide receiver depth chart, David Sills playing 67 snaps, Sills and Richie James being the wide receivers who made the biggest plays on offense for the Giants on on Sunday, you know, shows that. Kenny Galladay with the massive paycheck only playing two snaps shows that. Dayball talks all the time about this being a player's game and you have to trust the players. You have to let the players win or lose the games. And, and at the end of the game last night, Dable and Mike Kafka put the game in Daniel Jones's hands, you know, with the with the third down conversion and, you know, run pass option for Jones at, on the, uh, you know, on the sprint out. He made the right choice. He got the first down. The Giants won the game. They let Graham Gano kick a 56-yard field goal, which was, Dable admitted, kind of longer than he had planned on allowing Gano to try to kick, but he trusted him. And uh, and I think that that's how you build a culture. You trust your players. You you show them that if they work, they get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And and you you back up what you say with actions that allow the locker room to uh, to believe the message that you're trying to impart. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's a really important thing too. Obviously, the Giants are not a star-driven team, and and everyone I think on the outside, especially, tries to look at teams and notice the you know the top few players on the teams, and are they are they game changers? Are they are they top five at their position, and so on and so forth? Well, the Giants could be a team this year that once again has no one make the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, I think they might have a couple of candidates on on defense, um, and there are players who play extremely well without playing flashy. Uh, I think I think Adoree Jackson's a good example of one of those players. Uh, I you know, I try to watch him now when I'm watching games, and he just does a good job of of playing the receivers. But he's not a guy that's out there intercepting the ball and stuff like that. And yeah, you'd like him to, but 
he's a really solid player and teams don't like to throw at him a lot. They will always go to the other uh, receiver. And uh, even when the Giants had Bradbury last year, teams generally, generally stayed away from Jackson more and tried to target Bradbury more. So he's the type of player who I think will never make a pro bowl, but he's, he's a really nice cornerback for the Giants. And uh, will any of the Giants uh, edge players, uh, ever make a Pro Bowl? Well, there's there's so many big flashy talents at at edge in the NFL that you know even when Aziz and Kayvon Thibodeau come back, uh, it's not obvious that any Giants edge would would play well enough to to make the Pro Bowl. But you have all of these players who are very competent who can contribute. Xavier McKinney, Julian Love had a heck of a game yesterday. None of these, yeah, you know, I, I don't know about McKinney. Maybe McKinney can eventually be a Pro Bowl player, but I think a lot of these players aren't going to be Pro Bowl players. But the, uh, uh, the, the, the total that you get is greater than the sum of the parts so far with this team. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the, uh, one of the things that was noticeable yesterday, and I'm curious if it came across on television. I mean, when I, when I drove up to the stadium, you pull into the parking lot and there's always tailgates going on. But there was kind of a noticeable difference even in the buzz in the crowd in the parking lot before the game. And Brian Dable talked about the fact that he noticed it when he came over from the practice facility to the stadium. There was a noticeable buzz in the stadium right from the beginning. The Giants had given out those those white towels that people were waving, which which I love that. I wish they'd give them out every game. I think that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, it just adds something to the atmosphere in the stadium when people get fired up and get waving those things. But yeah, there was a couple of occasions where there was an undercurrent of some booze for the offense when things didn't go well. And, and I think that's to be expected considering the way things have gone for that offense in recent years. But I'm curious, there was a buzz in the stadium. There was an energy that players talked about. I talked to Justin Ellis about it last night. Talked to a couple of other players. Graham Gano said the players were discussing it on the sideline. Just, just the way that the stadium felt. And I'm curious if it came across on, on TV, just, just the, the buzz in the stadium, you know, something that hasn't been there for a while. Yeah, I think it was pretty easy to, to tell even on TV. I mean, I heard the booze late in the first half and and i heard the the tremendous cheers at the beginning of the game and then when jones made the uh made the first down uh on third and 13 was it or something like that i can't remember to to yeah it was third and eight third and nine something like that at the end of the game he got the 11 yard run yeah yeah but uh And, and that sealed the game basically uh, for the for the Giants, and you could you could tell how how much noise there was in the stadium. And you know, I understand the booing uh, toward the end of the first half because the the offense you know played really poorly for actually most of the game, and uh, but especially in the first half. And you know, the fact is, I mean, and, and this is what was going through my head when Caroline came out after halftime and had that drive to to go ahead thirteen to six. Yeah, you know, I had thought they that they dominated the first half, and I said, "Wow, this game is about to get away from us." And uh, it, this this is looking to me like the type of thing where the other team goes ahead and scores the touchdown to finally go ahead when when you you, you think they should have been ahead all along, and then the Giants get the ball and uh, 
go three and out. Jones gets sacked two times. They punt the ball back to the other team. The other team drives down and scores again. And you know the game's over. I said, we're, we're at one of those moments in the game. Instead, what the Giants did this time is they responded to that touchdown with their own touchdown drive. You know, their only touchdown drive of the game. And it couldn't have been more well-timed than at that point because what it did was it it reestablished the mood within the stadium, I think. And I think they, they were about to lose the fans at that point in the game. And and they didn't. They 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 sent a message that no, we're not going to to just lay down the way some previous Giants teams seem to have. Yeah, it was very it was very interesting. That was a critical point in the game. I know that I had an ominous feeling about the game after the first two possessions, after the two turnovers. Early on, you know, Dane Belton recovering a fumble that Carter Coughlin caused on the opening kickoff, and then the Giants recovering a fumble, you know, on Carolina's ensuing possession. You know, both of those in Carolina territory, and and the Giants unable to convert either of those into touchdowns. That's an opportunity for a fourteen to nothing lead, and the Giants had only a six to nothing lead, and. And at that point, you just get that that ominous, there's eight points that were left on the board or left off the board. You get that ominous feeling that the Giants were going to end up regretting that, and they still found a way to win the game. They still found a way to fight through it. And, and I, like I said, the, the energy, people leaving the stadium last night, was was something that that I haven't seen in there in uh, in MetLife for a while, and, and maybe an indication that you know th- this is not going to be a twelve or thirteen win Giants team. I don't think, but maybe just maybe an indication that that things are are at least beginning to turn for this team. Yeah, and I and to me anyway, so much of it comes down to the coaching. Um, on Twitter uh, this morning, you're seeing a lot of uh, stuff about you know the Giants, you know, being in the running in contention for worst two and O team ever, and a lot of joking around on 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 Twitter about that. And you know, and and, and yeah, they're again, they could just as easily be be O and two. But the, the thing that I think is always underestimated is the impact that good coaching has on teams and to me all the signs so far are that this is just a very well coached team i mean i mean wink martindale is performing miracles with that defense he's got some talent there to work with clearly but i think he's performing miracles and and that team is making it difficult on other teams to make plays and you, you don't see the giants getting beat a lot deep uh, you don't see teams converting third downs against that defense. The Giants are getting off the field on third down an amazing number of times. They're not giving up lots of points at the end of halves and, and at the end of games the way they were last year. Yesterday they gave up they gave up a field goal that was inside the two minute mark uh, at the end of the second quarter, but that was from a drive that had started uh, a while longer. So uh, a while earlier than that, and and so I think people have have confidence and even the offense which played so poorly yesterday twice when they had to deliver something first uh, early in that third quarter the way they were answer able to answer back after carolina had 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 scored an easy touchdown against the defense not just a touchdown but an easy touchdown i think it was like 
three plays, 67 yards or something like that. And then late in the game, when so often you, you see the Giants not able to make a third down uh, conversion and kick the ball, punt the ball back to the other team, the other team goes down and wins the game. I think of the think of the uh, the terrible game in Philadelphia uh, when they when uh, Jones tried to hit Evan Ingram with a pass and, and Ingram couldn't bring it in and punted back to to Philadelphia and Philadelphia drove right down the field for the for the winning TV TD and you know yesterday though. And Jones, who played, I thought, overall a poor game uh, in terms of, of not making the right reads, especially in the first half and things like that, and just looking uncomfortable back there and so on. But on but on third down late in that game, he made a big, big play and, and the right play to, to really save that game for the Giants. And so in the end, really, the, the, the offense and the defense contributed equally in some sense. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. See, Tony, here's where I think you and I differ a little bit in terms of looking at Sunday's game. There were a lot of people, and you know, you, you said you thought Jones played poorly. And I would maybe have agreed with you in the first half. And as I wrote this morning at Big Blue View, this is two games now where the Giants have passed for less than 200 yards. And on a week-to-week basis, if you're going to win, that's not sustainable the way the NFL is right now. I get that. But when I look at the way Daniel Jones played yesterday, I ended up giving Jones a, a, a quilly, which when we do kudos and wet willies, that's sort of a that that's sort of a middle ground. That's you know some good and some bad. And here's the way that I looked at it in the end. Yes, Daniel Jones was uncomfortable because the offensive line couldn't block Brian Burns. They couldn't block anybody. Jones got sacked three times. Jones was running for his life most of the game, trying to get out of the pocket. And he was under tremendous pressure from Carolina most of the game. But I look at it this way. What have, what have fans and the media killed Daniel Jones for for three years? They've killed Daniel Jones for turning the football over and for making some really, really bad decisions, some which led to turnovers and like, like the one he had last week. Under all of that pressure on Sunday – Daniel Jones never fumbled the football. He never threw an interception. He made one throw 
where I think he was trying to throw a ball away and, you know, and a Carolina defender got his hands on the ball on the sideline. But Jones really didn't put any footballs in danger yesterday, even though he was under tremendous pressure. And in the second half, when the Giants needed plays, the numbers weren't great. There weren't a lot of points. Jones made three huge throws, two to Richie James, one to David Sills. There was one earlier in the game to Sills down by the goal line that only ended up leading to a field goal because he eventually got sacked twice. And then the the when he ran for the first down at the end, people say, oh, he just ran. But he didn't just run. The Giants gave him what I had predicted. I turned to Patty Trena in the press box and I said, the play right here is to get him out of the pocket, get him outside and give him a run pass option. And that's exactly what Mike Kafka called. He made the right decision. He got the first down. When I look at it, Daniel Jones was as responsible for the Giants winning yesterday as anyone else was with some of the plays that he made in the fourth quarter. And while the, while the overall numbers aren't sustainable, I give the man credit because he made winning plays at the end of the game, which is what you ask a quarterback to do. Yeah. I, and I certainly agree with, with that part of it. I, I think Daniel Jones has the heart of a lion. And uh, the one thing you can never question about him is his effort and his desire to win. I thought that the third down play that he made at, at the end was really, really a, a great decision and an amazing play by him. If you if you if you watch the tape of that play and then just stop the tape at the at the moment where where it looks like he decided that he wasn't going to even attempt to pass and he was going to try the run try uh, to run, it doesn't really look like he has much of a lane to run at all. And uh, fortunately, he has this weird kind of athleticism to him. You know, not not athleticism the way uh, Kyler Murray does or something like that, but. But he has this weird athleticism that once he gets up ahead of steam going in one direction, at least, then he covers a lot of ground in a short period of time. And I honestly, when he started to do that, didn't think he had a chance to get the first down. I think most of my my complaints with with Jones were were in the first half early in those games when they early in the game when they had the chances to to get uh, six instead of three or seven instead of three. And it looked to me like he was he was passing up reads uh, to deeper receivers, checking down things like that and, or throwing the ball away or whatever. And that he wasn't necessarily seeing the field too well. Certainly he uh, was uncomfortable because the offensive line was not playing well yesterday. They, the, the offensive line were completely spooked by Carolina's speed on defense. And Brian Burns was wrecking havoc and Frankie Louvu looked like an old pro yesterday uh, uh, playing against the Giants. They just didn't know what to do uh, with him. So I can understand why he'd be jittery back there. Uh, but I'd just like to see him make maybe quicker decisions in situations like that. You know, drop a couple of steps, hit the back foot, and then just throw something instead of looking for something and that that's where i'd like to see him improve yeah i have to i'll be honest i have to re-watch the game yet i have not had the opportunity to do that um as i've been uh pumping out content for uh for big blue view and uh and spending two and a half hours driving home last night so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i haven't had the opportunity to re-watch the game but i will and i'm sure that there are 
that there are, are things that you can quibble with uh, when it comes to, to Daniel Jones' performance. But, but with the game on the line, I, I thought that, that he made the plays that, that needed to get made. We just, uh, we just have to hope that, that as things develop for the Giants here, that, that in the end they're able to, to make more of those plays down the field that they're able to uh, to score more points but but you know the funny thing about it is 20 points a game which is what the giants are averaging after two games 20 points a game doesn't look like a whole lot but 20 points a game is five more points a game than they were scoring last year right right and against two good defenses yes yes so so signs of progress lots of things to feel good about you know, but but don't go and don't go in and, and purchase your Super Bowl tickets just yet. Yeah, yeah. The fact is, it's two wins in two weeks and two fourth quarter comebacks in two weeks. So so just to you know to concede something about Daniel Jones, it's two weeks in a row that he's led the team on a winning drive with the game on the line. And, uh, and not that not that not that they put the game in his hands and he threw the ball every single time. Yeah. I mean that. That last winning drive for a field goal was 12 plays, 37 yards in seven minutes. Yeah. Seven minutes to go 37 yards. So mm-hmm. they weren't, so that was not the greatest, uh, the greatest show on turf. But, <laughs> you know, but, but I felt like he did make plays that needed to get made, you know, at, at the end. And, the Giants did that in general. Julian Love coming up big. It's just nice to see the Giants make plays that that lead to wins for a change instead of instead of having those plays you know made against them for a change. Yeah, and in a game like that, uh, a, a drive in the fourth quarter that takes a lot of time off the clock. First of all, gives your defense a chance to rest. Which I, and it was a, a warm day yesterday. I gather at the Meadowlands and. Uh, at the Meadowlands, well, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. close enough. It is the it is it is the Meadowlands, basically. Right, right. at MetLife, and um, uh, the defense had to be getting a little tired. Although Wink is always substituting guys in and out, in and out, in and out. But still, to have a long drive at the end of the game when players are probably getting tired from being out there so long in the sun, I think is an important thing. Actually, better to do that than uh, than uh, you know a single sixty-five yard pass at that point in the game to. To, uh, uh, to take the lead, but then give Carolina uh, another uh, seven minutes to, to work with to win the game. So, so to actually march down the field methodically and get the score with about uh, whatever it was, uh, two minutes to go or, or three, uh, three minutes to go, I'm sorry, and uh, leave Carolina in a, in a difficult situation where they had to do something relatively quickly and they ha- would, might only have one chance to to do it uh, is is I think that that's actually a good thing to do. Uh, it, I mean, obviously, in a, in a much less important situation, but I think back to to the uh, the Super Bowl against uh, the Buffalo Bills back in in the nineteen ninety season, where in the second half the Giants opened up with something like a nine minute drive or something like that, and it was almost it was almost all running the game except for. Mm-hmm spectacular catch and, and run by Mark Ingram to get a to get a, a third down or something like that. But the Giants just like marched down the field methodically and they just kind of 
yeah, used up most of the third quarter. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that type of drive actually is very effective in its own way because it frustrates the other team's offense because they can't get back out on the field. I think that's how Carolina must have felt during the fourth quarter in a much less high leverage situation uh, in the second game of the season. But they're, they're waiting to get back out on the field. And, and meanwhile, they just can't stop the Giants. doesn't seem like the Giants are moving the ball, yet the Giants are continuing to get first downs. And so I think it's important to have drives like that as unremarkable as they may look. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, the, the flip side of, of Sunday, the, the one bad note from Sunday is that we saw Leonard Williams, who might be the most important player on that entire defense, go down with injury. I mean, Leonard Williams is a is a good player. Maybe he's not he's not Aaron Donald. He's not Joey Bosa. You know, he's not maybe not Miles Garrett, but he's a player who plays more snaps on that defensive line than any Giants player. He impacts the run. He impacts the pass. He makes Dexter Lawrence next to him a better player. He makes he makes the guys in the front seven. He makes them all better players. And and I think that today's a hold your breath day when it comes to Leonard Williams and and, and that knee injury. So cross your fingers. We'll see that. Uh, we'll hope we'll hope that 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 there's good news on that front. Yeah, I was already online looking for any word that, uh, of any announcement about what what the situation might be with him. But uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I well, I, I I can tell you what the announcement's going to be. If it if 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 it's not Williams needs knee surgery, it's Williams is day to day. Day right, right. He's got a knee and he's day to day. You talked about you talked about early on about Brian Dable. You know. Uh, telling you exactly what he's going to do and what he means. But the one exception to that is when it comes to injuries, right? Because anybody who's not out for the year is day to day. Everybody, everybody's day to day. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau has been day to day for, for, for a month now. Aziz Ojolari has been day to day for almost a month now. So, so if they're not on some sort of a list, they're all day to day. That's right. That's right. I mean, I, I, I have to admit, I've, I've never had appendix surgery myself, but it's hard for me to believe that you could have appendix surgery and be back on the field 11 days later. But like, but that's one of the things they say that might possibly happen for Aaron Robinson. So I don't know whether that's realistic or just another smoke screen that's being put out there. He's okay. I better who, be up for several who knows? I'm just glad the young man's all right. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the last thing was last thing, you know, you talked about Robinson or we mentioned Robinson. I thought Cordell Flott did okay yesterday, to be honest with you. Flott did fine in the first half. I think that what the Panthers realized coming out of the locker room was, and we couldn't really see this clearly from the press box. I think it might've been more obvious on television. I think what they realized was the kid could play but he's still a six foot one or so 175 pound string bean. And if you're physical with him, you know, DJ Moore's a big, strong wide receiver. You can run through him at this point in his career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the giants did a smart thing at that point by getting him out of the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, it was an underrated play that I happened to mention in the locker room to Justin Ellis last night. And Ellis's eyes kind of got wide that I, that I had even picked up on it. Early in the early in the in the second half, there when when Christian McCaffrey went on that forty nine yard run, that looked like a touchdown at one point. But it was Fabian Moreau 
mm-hmm. who hustled down the field and ran him down. Mm-hmm. And, and and that, you know, Carolina got three, but that could have easily been a 75-yard touchdown run. That's right. That's right. And, 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 it's, and it's just another piece of evidence of how Wink finds, finds ways to get guys in there who can make plays and make that defense work. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm high on Cordell Flott. I just the, uh, the surprise when I saw him on DJ Moore for the reasons you just mentioned, I said, you don't, you really want a, a bigger, more physical cornerback on, on DJ Moore. Not that the Giants have many options there, but, but Moreau is a, a better option at that point. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants, the Giants don't have one of those at this yeah. point. They really don't. They don't have that. You know, Flott has, Flott has the length that the Giants like, but he, but he still needs to put on a few pounds. He needs to gain some strength. So, mm-hmm. so I thought he did well with that matchup in the first half, but, but Carolina did figure it out eventually. But anyway, Tony, a, a win for the Giants and they get to, uh, to look forward to a, a Monday night football game against the Dallas Cowboys, a game, you know, what, what I can't figure out is how the Dallas Cowboys beat the Cincinnati Bengals with Cooper Rush playing quarterback. I still can't figure that one out, but uh, but the Giants will still come into a week three with a better record than Dallas, so there's that. Well, well, Cooper Rush has started one other game for Dallas, and in that game he beat the Vikings with a last-minute touchdown drive uh, as well. And so yeah, somehow the, you know, they're not asking him to do too much, but he – he does have C.D. Lamb out there. It looks like Noah Brown is turning into a nice second option for them with Gallup still still out, and he can manage that team. And he doesn't do a lot of stupid things. And he didn't he didn't light the scoreboard up, but he he played competently. I watch him and I say, "Wow, the Giants had him for a little little while." And I think about yeah, they did. I think about some of the backup quarterbacks the Giants have had that, that we saw last season. I said, "Gee, I think yeah. Rush Jake, Jake, Jake Fromm. Anybody? Jake Fromm? Any, any memories of Jake Fromm?" Anybody want to want to bring Mike Glennon back? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Easy game uh, on Monday night. But talking about noise in the stadium, I have a feeling we ain't seen nothing yet as far as noise goes. To have Dallas coming in on a Monday night with with the Giants two and zero, I think that place is going to be rocking. Well, let's. I, I'm certain it'll be rocking at the start. I know that Dallas fans travel well, and one of the things that's interesting to me is. The last few times the Cowboys have come into MetLife, there have been more Cowboys fans than there have been Giants fans. I suspect that won't be the case on Monday. I'm just curious. You know, you, you, you cross your fingers and you hope that the stadium is still rocking, you know, from the Giants perspective at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let, let them be the, the worst 3 and team in football. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Tony. Thank you much for the time. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to take care of each other, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. 